What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude, and today, this is the preview for the first Patreon-exclusive You Know Ball episode, and of course, we talked about Tyrese Maxey. Why? Like, there's no way else I could launch the You Know Ball Patreon than just talking about how Maxey is better, sadly. So, we talked about his floor as an NBA player his median outcome as an NBA player, and his ceiling as an NBA player. So if you want to hear this full episode, which was well over an hour, please go support the You Know Ball Patreon. The link is in the description. You can sign up. We have tiers for $5, $10, $25. we got a lot of cool perks on there, access to merch early. We brought back the Discord. We're having a lot of fun in there. So please, please check it out if you can. I would really appreciate your support. The support so far has been absolutely amazing. Got over 60 people in the first day, which was way more than I expected. So if you want to hear You Know Ball twice a week and you want to get access to the stream audio, you want to get access to all the live stream audio, you want to get bonus content, please go subscribe and support if you are able to. Uh, if not, please just share that the fact that we have launched the Patreon, and I would really, really appreciate that as well. So enjoy this clip with Ben Pfeiffer, because whenever Ben comes on, we have to spread that Tyrese Maxey propaganda, and please support if you can. So enjoy. Maxey really popped with the Sixers, was literally his first preseason game. They didn't have Summer League that year, so it was the first preseason game. And I know this because I got a text from my dad, and he was like, Maxi, thumbs up. I found the text, and it's just the first time that he had ever texted me about Maxi, and it's just Maxi, thumbs up. And so he made a name for himself from the jump. First preseason game, played great in preseason. Anytime he got a chance to come into the game, he was a nice change of pace, and then famously drops like 39 points in his first career start against the Denver yeah, Nuggets. I remember that his, game. That game his usage, awesome. yeah, that, speaking of weird games, that was during the COVID year, there were six players. His usage was through the rate or through the roof. Like there were, but there were signs early in Maxi's career that he was going to be a guy. Like even in the playoffs, game six against the Hawks, he kind of saved them with a few big pull up threes in that game. Like the, the flashes that Maxi showed as a rookie and then carried over into his second year and got so much better in from summer league to even when we recorded we were a month into the season not even a full month into the season when we recorded about maxi last time and he was coming off a three game stretch where he averaged 29 points a game on like 60 percent from the field when joel Embiid was out ridiculous he's crazy and then from there we saw him get like anytime Joel was out, this was the, the, there were two really good signs to me. And I think the reason why I love Maxi so much, other than everything that I've always loved about him is the fact that he's very malleable. Like he is just going to do what the team asks him to do. He, when, when Embiid's out, he can carry the team to a win against the Memphis Grizzlies when they were basically fully healthy. When Embiid is playing, he can play off of Embiid because he improved his shooting and he can he can run some actions with Embiid. And then when they trade for James Harden and his on-ball opportunities go down, he gets even better playing off the ball as a shooter, as a cutter, as someone that is just like shot out of an absolute cannon to the it's, point where it, it's, it's so a- wild that there was a time when people were legitimately like thinking he wasn't a good shooter. Like it was always so dumb, but like it was dumb. But there was a there was a two year window where the three point shot was in the twenties. So I think people were like, "But as you said when you came on the podcast last time, you're like he has every indicator that he's going to be a good shooter." And it seems like he is. I mean, he shot like he shot like forty percent from three last year, right? 
42 like 40, 42%, yeah, 42 or 43 percent like crazy. yeah and he was doing it on i would say difficult looks like it's not like he was wide when he was wide open he wasn't missing he was shooting like 60 percent from the corners he was insane on low volume but 60 percent from the corners and then the difficulty of shot he he added the pull-up three-point game he was just as efficient on his three-point uh, his pull-up threes as he was on his catch-and-shoot threes and all of the long twos were more efficient. The long that he cut a little bit of the long floater out of his game, but his floaters are still incredibly efficient. His finishing around the rim, he really put it together as a scorer yeah. on the ball I mean, and off the ball. Yeah, I mean the shot profile didn't change that much aside from just like taking more threes and making more threes, which is what we wanted to see, really, which is really nice. Exactly. Yeah, and realistically, I think what will happen this year is that. Due to the fact that they lost Danny Green, who was their highest volume shooter in the starting lineup, I think that there will be a little bit more of, okay, you put up three or four threes a game. Let's see if we can put up five or six threes a game. Let's see. Well, now that you're getting more open looks working off of the pick and roll with uh, Joel and James Harden, you and... Uh, PJ are going to be our corner shooters for spacing purposes when that is the action. And then when that is not the action, you're going to be running pick and roll yourself. You're going to be running bench units with Montrez Harrell coming in off the bench to do some pick and roll with him as along with James Harden as well. So I think that what they're going to be looking for for Maxi this upcoming year is he's, there's three things that he needs to improve on still. I think the main thing is on ball passing and playmaking, which is something we talked about last time, but I'm not really worried about that. I think he's, I don't think he's ever going to be an amazing passer and playmaker. I think he's going to be a passable, a good solid one, but never like, he's not going to be running the 30 pick and rolls a game. He's going to be, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be able to create some advantages for himself. He'll be able to, uh, you know, take advantage of the advantages that are created by Harden and Embiid and maybe make those additional passes that he needs to make. But I think that the big thing for me this year is the defense because, because of his size, like that is the one area that I just have concerned when you get to the playoffs, because it's already kind of a weird fit defensively when you're trying to come up with a scheme, when your center's Joel Embiid and he's a drop center, and then you have James Harden and everyone likes to switch. And then you have Tyrese Maxey, who's not great at fighting over screens yet. And he's also not great when he, he gets switched on to like Jimmy Butler was able to take advantage of in that heat series. So that's really the only area of concern for me. Pretty much everything else. I feel 100% confident in him. Yeah. I mean, I think like with, with the passing, like you said, it's like there's a certain level of, of passer that Maxi needs to get to, to like be the best version of himself. And be, I think he's already like getting close. I, you can correct me. I'm pretty sure he like he did definitely improve in season as a passer last year. 100 percent. Yeah, um, at least especially off the dribble. Yeah, for sure. And like that's really the thing that like he always had the flashes of like the interior passes. So that was like really the only pass he could do somewhat consistently in high school and college. And like that seems to be improving. That like always takes time for young guards to get, or almost always, especially for the ones that aren't like elite elite passers. Um, with how much he can get to the rim and how good he is at getting into the paint. Um, that's going to be fun. And I know, like, this is, it was like a contentious addition, but like, I think Trez is going to be really good for him. Um, especially, like, I would imagine Trez is going to be a focal point in bench lineups, um, at least during the regular season. And I, I imagine Maxi would as well. And I think, like, 
like there are like few guys that love to roll like like trez like exactly like obviously like Embiid is great at it when he does it but it's like not his primary usage and never has been and it probably shouldn't be but like yeah trez is like a dog when he likes like he's a dog of course roll. that's like his bread wants, and butter like that like that's all like, like like that's like his like his one really good skill and it's kept him in the league like that and like the offensive rebounding um, yeah, and I never got a chance to do a full podcast on Trez, but like I love the addition for the regular season. I think he's a yeah. great regular season bench player. I just uh, my concern is we literally know Doc got fired for playing him too much in the series, <laughs> and that is like he's willing to like go down with the ship, Doc, and lose his job over this. And this is yeah, such an important it's like year. The, because- yeah, I, it, it's like the TikTok you did where it's like, yeah, Paul Reed, you played really well. And <laughs> yeah. uh, we're really like like excited about your you know your usefulness as like a versatile big. So we're going to sign Montrez Harrell and play him over you. And she's just like, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. And like Montrez yeah. is a better player than Paul Reed right now. But if you want to develop a backup long-term for Joel Embiid, wouldn't it make more sense to to put in a guy who we know has that defensive versatility and offensively can do a lot of similar things to Montrez? I think the biggest thing with Paul Reed that he hopefully will learn over time, I hope whether it's with the Sixers or with another team, is just the fouling. And if he can figure that out, which sometimes players figure it out when they get later into their career, sometimes guys are Jaron Jackson Jr. where like it really does limit what he can do as and that's someone I wanted to bring up later when we talk about some breakout players, but like it, it, it ho- you would hope that the reps that he gets, and this does not block the reps for him because I would I love to imagine see, he gets better there. I mean, I hope so, but like I'm hoping that he gets the opportunity to prove it because if you yeah. have a coach like Doc and then you have Montrez and he trusts Montrez, but like once again, I think Montrez, like you said, like last time you came on, we talked about how Drummond and him were actually having a little bit of chemistry running yeah, some pick fun. and rolls, yeah. And yeah, that's like, kind of what you're looking for from Montrez. Yeah, and like Montrez is like like actually going to set like insane screens. Yeah, um, like and and get Maxi free, and he's just going to be a huge like vocal target on the roll. Um, and I can imagine that is a pairing that gets some love because like I can I can totally imagine those two like running bench offense for like even if Max is going to start like I can imagine them there like being a lot of lineups where. They they want to utilize Maxi's like versatile scoring and Trez's like interior presence to just like kind of overwhelm um, benches. But yeah, I mean, like the passing is is really cool. Like I like like it is ridiculous how like like Maxi like Maxi was like a twenty plus point scorer on like really really impressive like efficiency at his age. Like I don't know like exactly what the next like steps for him are on offense outside of like the passing, but like. It's it's so it's so wow. It's like it's like smiling through it all. Can't believe this is my life with it it, it truly is. Yeah. And I actually have yeah. some propaganda that I want to drop here before we get into the mm-hmm. four median outcome and ceiling. Okay, so you've seen that some of the TikToks I've posted about this, right? With oh I'm Maxi I'm, I'm a religious follower of the Unibot <laughs> That's right. You should be too, folks. Check it out. Well, if you're if you're listening to this, you subscribe to the Patreon, so you definitely are. But uh if you're not 45 years old like i'm probably the oldest guy on tiktok uh but um, but there that i had a few maxi i feel school, old on tiktok like and you're 20 i'm 21 yeah 21 there you go i'm 32 so imagine how i feel on there um but so the 
the thing about Maxi and the 20 points per game thing that you brought up, I went through and I looked up every player who has averaged 20 points per game or more before they turned 22 years old in the playoffs. So average 20 points a game before they turned 22. It I was basic, very many. Right? It was like, basically a list of the greatest players of all time. <laughs> it was like, I'm not even exaggerating. It was like, there was one weird exception, which I'll bring up, but it was like Shaq, Jordan, Tatum. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else was on there. Uh, there was like a hand, Kobe, like there was a handful of guys. And then there were like some, some guys that didn't go down as some of the greatest players of all time, but made mold. Everyone on the list made multiple all-star teams, except for three players on the list. And the one outlier who did make two all-star teams, by the way, was Luau Dang in terms of like, wow. really? He That's averaged cool. over 20 points a game. That's before cool. I had no idea. Yeah. And Luau Dang, I actually, it's funny because I mm -hmm. am very much like Luau Dang was very good. Like he made two all-star teams, multiple all-defense yeah, teams. Yeah, was really good, but like not yeah. in like, I wouldn't have pegged him as like a high volume early career scorer. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I said. And so wild. Maxi, like, like. Like twenty a game, shooting six threes. Um, if we go by like, um, if we go by regular season true shooting, he was like seven points above. He's like seven points above league average. Um, like, like it's unreal. Unreal. Almost twenty one points a game, three point nine assists, three point five rebounds against the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors. By the way, two of the best yeah. defenses in the NBA. It's really shot cool. Just like cool to see that improvement. Like be consistent over like playoffs and regular season because like like a lot of players can be really especially young players can be really inconsistent either like good or bad like see early career donovan mitchell for like playoffs and, and regular season efficiency and volume but maxi's like is consistently improving and like was even better in the playoffs like it was awesome in the regular season and then it just got better and then his yeah. like, efficiency and scoring got even better in the playoffs he, i mean like i don't like like i don't mean to cliche but like Maxi is just like he's just a winner, like he always has like exuded like winner energy. Um, he's just like the kind he's of he's a guy vibes who, guy. It's a, it's a, a vibes, it's a vibes thing. He's the kind of guy that steps up. Like he he just is. Like I don't even like there's like there's just some things that, like you can just you you just get it with some guys and some guys just get it. Yeah, Maxi obviously gets it. So like, I, I'll say this much: I think that um, I've never heard a a player that was spoken positively about by all three of these players, all three of these people, <laughs> Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers, James Harden, and Joel Embiid, all <laughs> praising him. Like maybe one of them, but like Doc has said he's the hardest worker of any young That's player he's ever been around. Right That's... Yeah, and he also said he has no anxiety in any moment, which I think was a little bit of a shot at Ben Simmons. I think it was a little bit of like, That's he doesn't up. get it, it definitely was it definitely yeah. was a little yeah. shot. I think yeah, there yeah, was at yeah. least some subtext there. But uh and then James Harden, like there were pictures today they posted, and James Harden when he first walked in and saw Maxi, I guess they hadn't seen each other in a little bit, and they're back in Philly, and he was just like all smiles and they were like hugging and like taking pictures together and shit. And I was like, and then Joel on top of that, just talking constantly, praising Maxi about how great he is and how much he stepped up for the team when they needed it and all this stuff. But Going back to the, the to do like empirical research on these like guys who were just like the most charismatic people and like being really good because like like the, the other like example I always think of is Zion at least who oh hundred like, percent but the but the thing so is much unfortunate like 
slack, yeah. but like seems to be like a really, really, really good and well liked dude, like off the court. Um, yeah, so. unless you're JJ Redick, then in that case, you you hate him. <laughs> it does seem was... like uh, the, I that's such a unique scenario for him too, with the injuries and with the, the yeah, New Orleans I mean, thing. But he's like one of the most unique basketball cases I've ever seen, like of any player ever. Yeah. But yeah. But going back to the players who had scored 20 points per game in the playoffs, the three players that have not made an all-star team at this point in their career were Jamal Murray, which I think at some point will make an all-star team. Yeah, I would be pretty surprised if he never made an all-star game. I think he'll make like probably two two or three. I mean, the West right. is super loaded with great guards, so it's hard there. I mean, like he has like, I mean, like his bubble run was obviously all-star level yeah, impact. Incredible. I mean, that was, you know, the bubble, but still. like He was, I mean, well, and I believe that this season, if I remember correctly, this was the season before the bubble, actually, when he averaged over 20 points per game in that 18-19, where he was a little bit inconsistent, but he was 22 years old. Um, and then you had Anthony Edwards was the only other one other than him. And we know Ant is going to make some all-star teams. So you have those three as the only guys. So, so what I'm trying to get at here is that where we were at a year ago, where we were like, man, maybe this guy can be a star. Like I remember doing podcasts not that long ago, like not over a calendar year ago where I was like, do you, if you make the Ben Simmons trade, do you just push in all your chips and trade Baxi for Bradley Beal? And now I'm like, he might just be better than Bradley Beal. And like, he doesn't also make more money than any player in NBA history. So there's that element of it too. He's a great fit with the team. Not <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, freezing cold takes that one when Maxi signs a super max in 10 years. 